Good morning. It's so good to be with you all. My name is Neil James. I'm one of the pastors here at Memorial. It's so great to be with you all here at Cornerstone. Well, this morning we're finishing our sermon series entitled Made New, where we've been looking at stories from the Old and New Testament about real life turnaround, about real life change from the Old and New Testament. Not just this idea as James was praying of, I'm going to do better this year. I'm going to start eating lettuce and grilled chicken. Right? Anybody else have that resolution, you know, this year? I'm going to do better. I'm going to do my fitness. Yeah, Mark. And he's been actually doing it pretty well. And there's some others that are doing it well. I haven't been doing it that well. I had intentions of doing it well, but not doing it that great. But what we're doing is looking at passages of Scripture where God actually made people's lives change. Like there was real transformation, Holy Spirit-empowered change. And so last week we talked about how God gave Ezekiel a vision of the valley of dry bones and how it seemed hopeless that, there, that these people would ever live again. And yet God gave the vision. He breathed new life into those people who were in captivity. They didn't know if they would ever get back to their life with God or back to their homeland. They were in deep shame. They had a great depression, but again, God breathed new life into that valley, and they came to new life. So it's not January anymore, right? We've been talking about how January is just a great season, time to start new things, to have resolutions. Anybody have like a, a, a list on their refrigerator, you know, a note in your, uh, in your iPhone? You know, do you still have any of those things around, or do you just delete them? Right? Uh, well, I saw, I heard something so cool and so powerful this week on Facebook from one of our members, Pat Bohannon, on Facebook. I love her idea, what she said. She said, I've decided my 2018 will start on February 1st. January is a free trial month. Isn't that good news this morning? Right, church, that we can, glory to God, right? Because we can begin again. It may not be January 1st or January, but we can still begin again. We can still start afresh. God can still do a work in us if we'll lean in. That is some good news. It's not too late. And I've got some good news to tell you this morning that God in heaven loves you. That God in heaven knows your name. He knows all about us, and yet he loves us still. Isn't that good news? That God knows all about us and he loves us still. He can see the good in us. He can see the new life that we may not be living yet, but he can see that in us. That is some good news. He wants to make our lives new this morning. I love the hope and the promise of new beginnings that are found throughout the Bible. You know, there was about 14 years of my ministry as a pastor where I didn't read the Bible daily. All right. I would read it for my Wednesday night Bible study. I'd read it, you know, for sermons and in preparation, but I didn't read it for my soul. But over the last four or five years, I've really leaned into that. And it's made all the difference when I when I wake up, I use my phone, I wake up and I look into God's word. And every day there's some kind of hope that's found there. There's, there's some kind of word from God that blesses me, that helps me think about turning my life around. And I'm so thankful for that, for new beginnings that we see in the Bible. Some of the worst of the worst, you know, there's some stories in the, in the Bible, that are the worst of the worst, what seem like hopeless situations get turned around when God comes on the scene. When, when people like you and me see that we're not on the right path, and then we start following Jesus's path, when we let God into our lives, when people just like you and me say, I'm, I'm not going the right way. I'm going to start getting on Jesus's path. And for many of you, you know, this last week, you signed the discipleship covenant. 
There were 119 people across our church that signed that, many, many from, from here in Cornerstone that signed that. They said, you know what, I want to be made new. And what we know about the way God makes us new is we can't make ourselves new, but we have to cooperate with God to make us new. And so we signed that. We said, you know, I want to be made new. I want to be a part of that. I'm going to start trying to read scripture, and I'm going to start praying. I'm going to try to be in worship. I'm going to start trying to invite people to worship because it's through those avenues that God actually makes us new from the inside out. We said, yes, I want to be made new. And so verses like Isaiah 43, 19, God says, for I'm about to do a new thing. Isn't that good news this morning? I'm about to do a new, a, a new thing. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. Somebody's here this morning. Maybe you feel like you're in a wilderness. And God sees that and he knows that. But he says, I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Some of us are here this morning and I believe that we're here maybe for no other reason than to hear that truth. That even though you're in the wilderness, even though you're in a dry place, God is going to make a pathway through the wilderness for you. God knows and he sees he's, he's about to do a new thing in your life. And I want you to know it's not going to be like this forever. Some of us are here this morning and we're asking ourselves, is it always going to be like this? Is it ever going to change? Can things really be made new in that relationship with this child, with my parent, with this spouse, with this struggle that we're having? It's not always going to be like this. That's what God's saying to us this morning. Because with God, all things are possible. And what we're going to be looking at this morning is that no matter the heart-wrenching stuff that we're seeing in the world, no matter what evil has been perpetrated, no matter how broken our hearts are, in the end, God is going to make everything new and right in his glorious kingdom. Again, I love the, I love the hope that's found in some of the songs I grew up with. You remember that song, He's Got the Whole World in His Hands? He's got the whole world in his hands. And the second verse is, he's got me and you, brother, me and you, sister, in his hands. Isn't that, isn't that good news today that God's got the whole world in his hands? And he's got me and you, sister, me and you, brother, in his hands, too. And so that's what, that's what Revelation 21, our morning scripture, is, is reminding us of this morning. That God's got the whole world in his hands and that in the end, his love is going to win out. And he's got this. He's going to have full and complete victory, and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So we're going to look at, at Revelation chapter 21. The words will be on the screen. We're going to look at verses 1 through 7. Listen for the word of the Lord. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will no longer be any more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. And all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God. 
and they will be my children. May God add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. Will you pray with me? Loving God in heaven, again, we thank you for the power of your word, and we just pray that you would blow a fresh wind of your spirit on us this morning. Some of us are in a dry, boned valley. Some of us are going through stuff that maybe nobody else knows about. And we need your love to show up this morning in this service in a powerful way. Some of us maybe have already experienced it in some way. But for others of us, God, we know that you're going to speak to us through your word, through the power of your Holy Spirit. And so we pray that you would have your way with us in this service today. God, may you be glorified by all that takes place here in the remainder of this service. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, many of us have imagined that the final act in the Christian story is when Christ comes again and the saved and those who are in Christ are are taken up into heaven. There's a verse or two of scripture that talk about it that way, but according to Revelation, the new heaven and the new earth are actually going to come down. Heaven will actually come to earth, and it isn't that our continued, and isn't that our continued longing as we pray the Lord's Prayer? That thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Isn't that what we pray for when we pray the Lord's Prayer? And so the way that Revelation describes the new heaven and the new earth when Christ comes again is that heaven, God's glorious kingdom, the new Jerusalem, the new heaven and earth are going to come down and meet as one, and there's going to be a new heaven. And a new earth set up right here. They're going to be joined together. And what we believe when we pray that Lord's Prayer, that God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, we're praying that, yes, the Holy Spirit will work through us, that the Holy Spirit will work through our ministries at church, that the Holy Spirit would work through our outreach efforts. But I want to tell you, Revelation 21 is very clear that in the end, heaven is going to come to earth. And Jesus is going to reign supreme. Revelation 21, 1 and 2 of what we just read, it says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. So what's this old earth and this old heaven about? Well, uh, remember when Jesus told the criminal on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise, right? And so that's, 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 that's heaven. That's, that's current heaven, right? And then we know that the apostle Paul said that when we die, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, so that when we die, we go, our our soul goes to be with Christ, and we are at rest, and we are in the presence of Jesus. But when Christ comes again, there will be a resurrection of the dead. Our soul that is in paradise with Christ will be reunited with a resurrected body. You see, we're not going to just be disembodied spirits in heaven. We're going to have a new heaven. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. We're going to have a new body. When Christ comes again, our souls are going to come together with this new body, and Christ is going to reign supreme. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Revelation 21, verse 3 goes on to say that God will now dwell permanently with humanity. You know, God has, God, throughout the Old and New Testament, God has been with us, but it kind of seems sporadic. You know, like the glory of God was in the tabernacle for a while. The the cloud of God's glory would follow the Israelites through the wilderness, but it was kind of sporadic. Even now, God gives us the Holy Spirit. God is with us, no doubt. Jesus was with us for a time in Emmanuel, right, on earth 33 years, and the Holy Spirit is in us. But the full nature and the full trinity uh, that is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, will dwell permanently with us and among us when, God's, when God makes everything new. As verse 3 says of Revelation 21, it says, look, God's home. That word home is actually tabernacle. 
It's the Greek way. It means tabernacle. God's Shekinah glory is going to dwell in our midst full time among the people. Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. And when God is present with us, there is a full healing and restoration that's going to happen. Restoration of what? Well, let's, keep, let's keep reading. Revelation 22, 1 through 2, we're told about a river. We're told about a river with the water of life in it. It's going to be crystal clear, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. And a tree of life is going to be planted there again. He's describing the new heaven and new earth. The tree of life is planted. What's he, what's he restoring? Is it going to be a tree of life? It's going to be planted there, and his leaves are going to be used as medicine to heal the nation. Did you catch what John is saying to us in this picture that he's painting? It sounds like God is restoring what he first created. Did you catch that about the tree of life? And about God walking with us and, the, and this, this river of life. It says God dwelling with us, this tree of life, a river running through it. You know what that sounds like, right? It reminds us of something earlier in the Bible from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 2. It reminds us of the Garden of Eden. That God, when, when God makes a new heaven and a new, new earth, he's going to restore Eden. And that is going to be heaven on earth. What John is seeing and describing in Revelation 21 and 22 is a new restored Eden in our midst. There was creation, of course, and it was perfect and good. We're made in God's image, but there was a fall and there was a call to come back to God through the prophets in the Old Testament. And then Christ came on the scene. He was our salvation. And through Christ's death and resurrection, we become new. We're made new in Christ's image, but in the end, all things will be totally made new. You see, I don't know about you, but I'm not totally new yet, are you? I'm not totally new. And I know this world sure isn't totally new, is it? I mean, we can't even watch the news at our house. I don't know if you all watch the news or not anymore or not, but I certainly don't watch it because i got seven and nine-year-olds. I mean, you can't watch the news anymore. There's, there's so much fallenness in, in our world. And what Jesus is saying is that he's going to make all things new. He's in the process of making them new now, but in the end, when he comes with his glorious kingdom, everything is going to be made totally new here on earth and in heaven. It's a restoration of what was originally meant to be. Paul tells us in Romans 8 that the all of creation is yearning and groaning for this new creation to come. For the fulfillment of God's new kingdom to come. And don't you feel it? And don't you yearn for that sometimes? For Christ to make the world right? I mean, with, with the, the, the shootings and the abhorrent abuses and other violence and, and such anger and hatred in the world. With all the illness and tragedy. Sometimes in our soul, whether we say it or not, we're groaning from within for God's fully restored kingdom to come. Remember the beautiful picture of God's cre creation painted back in Genesis? Genesis chapter 2, it sounds so much like what we just saw from Revelation 21. I want to read some selected verses from Genesis chapter 2, verses 7 and following. Listen to the word. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of ground. He breathed the breath of life into, this man, into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man that he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he, he placed a tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed through it. You see the tree? You see the river? 
A river flowed through the land of Eden, watering the garden. Then we're told in in Genesis chapter 3 that the Lord walked in the garden. And Adam and Eve heard the footsteps of the Lord God walking. So you see, we're told in Revelation 21 that God is going to tabernacle with us, that he's going to dwell with us full time. That's the way it was meant to be. God was meant to walk with us all the time fully. And what Jesus is telling us is that he's gonna, God is going to ful- bring fulfillment to that promise. He's going to bring it back to the way it was supposed to be. Of course, by the time Adam and Eve heard the Lord God walking in the garden of the cool of the day, they were actually hiding from God's presence, right? They were actually hiding from God's presence because they had sinned. But today we don't have to hide from the presence of God because of what Jesus has done in his life and death and resurrection. He makes a way for us to have connection and relationship to God in heaven. Christ made a way for us to be in relationship. And and so the call of Revelation 21 and 22 in the New Testament, good news, is for us to come back to him. It's for us to come back to him. Come all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. That is the call of God. Jesus has made a new way for us to be in relationship with him. So we're called to come and walk with him. Christ, our hope, and our resurrected king is calling to us today, and he has the power to give us new and eternal life. And so the next verses are some of the most comforting verses and most hope-filled verses in all the Bible. From Revelation 21, verses 4 through 5. Listen to these. It says, There's coming a day when he will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. And these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. I am making everything new. Right now, I'm making everything new. And in the end, God will fully, Jesus will fully make everything new. But you know, one of the, one of the problems that, that we as Christians have sometimes is we sometimes we think so far into the future and we, we just set all, we put all of our marbles in that, okay, someday the Lord is just going to make it right. So all I need to do is look forward to what's going to happen. I don't really need to do much in the here and now. I can't do much about anything in the world. And so I'm, I'm saved. I'm born again. I got baptized. I go to church, you know. But, I, but as far as making the world a better place, you know, that's, that's God's business. Well, let me tell you, that's nonsense. That's not, that's not what Jesus says. Jesus wants you, you and me to be involved in helping this world become new. God needs us. In fact, in the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he is just share this whole chapter about the importance of us having bodily resurrection after we've died and, and, and come, coming to new life. Instead of saying, you know, just rest in that, this is what the Apostle Paul says instead. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, he said, So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable, always working enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Be strong and immovable. Work enthusiastically for the Lord. In other words, what you do in the present will last into the future. There are eternal consequences to our faithfulness and our work we do in God's kingdom. Christ is calling this morning. He's saying, I'm making everything new. He's calling to each of us this morning. He wants to make our lives new. He wants to restore in us what was his original dream for our lives. Just as God said through Ezekiel in Ezekiel 36, I will take away your heart of stone and give you a new heart of flesh. I'll put a new spirit in you. That's something that can happen today. 
and right now and something that continues to happen through our lives. Well, as we close down, I want to share with you a video clip from a a cool Disney movie called Moana. Has anybody seen Moana? Anybody seen that? We've watched that at our house and uh, we, we just love it. And I was, as we were preparing this week and, and thinking about this idea of being made new, there's a powerful scene in that movie where this young girl, Moana, uh, speaks to this sea creature that was just raging with anger and evil and had totally ruined the, the creation, the, the whole community by, by her anger. And Moana is, is, is uh, trying to find her to restore her heart. And so I'll leave it at that, and let's watch this video. It's about three minutes, and then we'll, we'll close after that. Let's watch the video. Tefiti, it's gone. Let her come to me.
know, that, that little song there, to me, just encapsulates the gospel. I have crossed the horizon to find you. The Bible says that Jesus left heaven. He shed his glory and came to be one of us so that he could show us his great love. The Bible says that Jesus will leave the 99 to find the one lost sheep. You know, this morning, that same God is calling out to each of us. Maybe some of us kind of feel like that Tahiti creature. We've, been, we've had some things happen. Someone's stolen our heart, and we've been raging and full of anger, and yet we, we see and feel this draw to, to God. We don't know exactly how to get there, but we feel it and we sense it. And, and what I want you to know today is that God is, is calling out to us, and He's saying, come to me. In fact, He says in Revelation 21.6, to all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. Revelation 22.17 says, let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. And so I'd ask you today, would you, make, would you be made new by God's grace? Would you accept the invitation to come and to, to be made new? Would you accept the invitation to, to be the mouthpiece for Christ? There, there are people, no doubt, in your life that need a word from you that's to say this is not who you are. Aren't you thankful for people in your life who have said this is not who you are and they call us to account? Aren't you thankful for that? Will you pray with me? Let's pray. Loving God, we're so thankful that you tell us that if we thirst, that we can come and drink freely from the water of life that you offer. And God, we know that it's, uh, it's your intention to make everything in our lives new, both right now and in the future. And so, Lord, would you uh, allow this transforming love to, to make a difference in us this morning? As we prepare to gather around your table, O oh God, we pray that it would indeed be a means of grace to us, that we would find grace to live a new life from this day forward. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.